Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the Mitchin, a weekly food podcast hosted by two rude dudes who love their foods. <laughs> I, I quit. I, I quit. I, I quit again. Don't edit that out. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins. My uh, reluctant co-host is Mitch Orr. Hi, Lives. Who you may see cooking at Acme Restaurant in Potts Point. Today we are joined by two guests. Uh, someone returning for the first time in a long time is a good friend from Momofuku Seibo, uh, the restaurant manager over there. Uh, do you want the Bogan pronunciation of your last name or the bougie pronunciation Ooh. of your last name? Bogan. Bo- Let's Bogan go Bogan again. today. Kylie Javier. <laughs> Javier. Is it Javier? Is that Javier? Yeah. yeah. All right, great. Hyphen, hyphenated Ashton. Yeah. Oh, no, no hyphen. No hyphen? Nah, don't Just like space. the dash. Just space. space. What's the bougie pronunciation of Ashton? Ashton. <laughs> uh, also joining us again for the first, second time this month uh, is our pal from Pinburn, Mike Eggett. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to Enough appeal. alliteration. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so whimsy, whimsical after, uh, after Easter. <laughs> I just spent the entire time doing Easter egg hunts with three-year-olds. It was great. I just figured you were fighting a lot because you ate chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got a pretty heavy show for you today. Heavy, um, heavy. It's been some, a, a bunch of shit news. It's going to very negatively affect uh, the hospitality industry in Australia. Um, the biggest news being that uh, Malcolm Turn- Turnbull, our lovely Prime Minister, has uh, outlawed the 457 visas, which basically allow uh, you know people to immigrate to Australia with the purpose of working in kitchens. He's like a fucking peeled cucumber in a suit. I fucking hate that dude. <laughs> peeled cucumber. <laughs> um, and we're also going to talk about uh, a few high-profile Melbourne chefs who have been ripping off their staff. Um, that'll be fun as well. Uh, but uh, before we get to that heaviness, I thought we should uh, deal with, talk about the dumbest story that I read this week. Uh, and it, it, it ties into my, my Easter whimsy. Uh, this is a uh, horrible Easter egg hunt that left children in tears in Geelong. Um, there was a public Easter egg hunt which turned bitter 
after a parents after parents accused the organizers of confiscating chocolate from their children and making them cry. So basically, they, there was a fifteen dollar entry fee to do this public Easter egg hunt in Geelong. Sounds like the only Easter egg hunt I would have wanted to go to. Yeah, and just to clarify, most children in Geelong are crying all the time because <laughs> they're in Geelong. So I don't know if it's the Easter egg hunt's fault or if it's just a standard thing with Geelong kids. Oh, funny side note. 100% of the people who were angry at me for playing Justin Bieber at Meredith Festival in 2015 were from Geelong. Were from Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was $15 to get into this uh, Easter celebration, this Easter egg hunt. Um, and apparently they didn't get enough uh, eggs. Um, and so and they, and they were, at that, they were, they were like the $1, you know, shitty eggs from Aldi, according to one, uh, one, one parent. <laughs> um, and they were given these tiny bags that could only fit a couple of eggs in there. I guess the organizers thought that that would be all the kids would be, be happy with that. But apparently parents were passing like green bags through the fence to their kids <laughs> so their kids could fill it up with as many eggs as possible. Uh, my favorite quote from the article uh, is, um, one woman complained about the $15 price tag for an Easter egg hunt that included small gift bags with Merry Christmas written <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised you could read it. <laughs> uh, so uh, you're you're a father. What would you expect for fifteen dollars on an egg hunt? What would you if Archie went into like a paddock with other children and ran around? What would you expect him to come out with fifteen like, bucks? Like an enormous amount of chocolate eggs. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fifteen bucks. It's not. It, that you can get an enormous amount of chocolate eggs for 15 bucks especially if you're getting the shitty kind and what about like the security they had to put on and the amenities and the yeah. liability insurance yeah. come on Levs what do they get for their you 15 dollars you should know better Levs well I mean I'm not in Geelong so I, 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 I can take the high ground on this and just say that they were in the wrong everyone could take the high ground on Geelong uh, it's not quite as uh, as um, controversial as the um, that Bondi gone wrong public eating thing that we talked about oh, a few yeah. weeks ago but uh, I, I do love like talking about these doomed events uh, when everyone's complaining about them. I think social media, even even though it's like you know, every, as someone who runs an event, it's my worst nightmare when people yeah. take to social. How many, how many Cadbury cream eggs do you get for fifteen bucks in the current economy oh, now or before three. Easter? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Geelong, at an Easter egg hunt, Archie, how many should you have walked out with? Like okay, four, four cream okay. eggs. How about that? Is that reasonable? I think so. Yeah, I think that's. I reasonable. think so. Like you don't want to give them twenty eggs for fifteen so, bucks. I don't think. I think the only reason anyone would care about this is if they're a parent. Like I don't care about that. <laughs> oh, in I don't care any about way, either. shape, or form. No, 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 but it's funny. I'm like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's, 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 it sounds like the like a shambles. Yeah. How so much they took the eggs off, off the kids. kids. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> to they put them back. This so other kids could have. They didn't take the eggs off the kids. The, the someone dressed up as an Easter bunny <laughs> went back and took the eggs out of the kids' bags and baskets <laughs> and definitely, said they had definitely too Malcolm many. Turnbull. Did you see that? Did you see Trump's Trump's Easter? speech thing that he did to a bunch of kids where he just talked about politics and not about Easter but there's a shot of Trump with someone in the Easter bunny and the blurb at the bottom says President of the United States brackets left just in case anyone couldn't (laughs) tell the difference (laughs) Uh, but the event organisers have sworn off hosting another Easter egg hunt next year Hmm. what should they do instead uh, they'll, just have a, they'll just have a bake sale They'll go back to the needle collections They just yeah. send them out in bags and tell them to find needles <laughs> There's no photos of um, of Aaron from Igni Looking for eggs <laughs> Shouts to Igni, the only good thing in Geelong oh, There's actually a couple of good restaurants but oh, what, name, name, name them all no, I can't. <laughs> if, you, if you look at Aaron did an article though A couple of weeks ago This is You guys should have been all over this He did a really good story about I think it was like 10 places to eat Between cafes, there's a wine bar he put a hot chicken project, obviously, which is his. Is there a KFC in Geelong? 
Uh, I don't know. His hot chicken project's sick. Mm. Um, but no, there's there was a couple of good cafes. There's yeah, little, I went to a really a good cafe French in the morning bistro after. as well, which looks awesome. Actually, looks mm. really really good. Geelong's mad. Uh, still, Geelong. Just not for Easter eggs. Come on, come on now. Or, or Justin Bieber <laughs> festivals. <laughs> it just means you can go to Igni and somewhere else. Also, they have yeah. a pirate themed restaurant on the pier what? near the beach. We should all go. We should do a live Mitchin episode there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go, we'll fly to Melbourne. We'll do Dracula's. We'll do the, we'll do the witch-themed one. Then we'll go do the pirate-themed one. You in, Mike? Yeah, can we do the Thai-themed Thai one as well? It's Chin Chin. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Bloody nailed it. Yeah. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> Two years have been trying to get him. <laughs> All right, so that's a lovely, light-hearted beginning, and that's as happy as the, the episode is going to get, I think. Back to our regular listening. Yeah, 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 we're like, Mike Eggert's here. Why are we laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of summed it up all at the beginning yesterday. Uh, Michael Turnbull announced that uh, there'll be no more four, five, seven visas um, allowed for um, you know people migrating to Australia to to work. Um, I mean, I, I don't know the, the, the fine print. Do you know? Do you know more well, about this? I re- I read stuff about it, and then I got mad about it, so I didn't remember anything. But what I do remember is that of whatever the workforce is, four, five, seven visas make up 1% of the workforce. So really cancelling them doesn't fucking do anything to give people more jobs. And I think from memory, don't quote me, it was about 46% of hospitality is on four, five, seven visas. I don't want to do the fine print because it's harder to be opinionated. <laughs> yeah. I just want to rattle off facts that I like the sound of and I don't care about rattle the other away side of the if view. they're true or not. No, look, everyone else have a say because I'm going to talk. I'm going to yell. So. Well, I mean, yeah, to, to be as like, as you know, obviously I'm, I think this is a stupid decision, but I'm the only one who escaped hospitality at this table. Yeah, so it's far. also a stupid decision because there's when I think it was Julia Gillard tried to do the same thing, t- Turnbull and everyone's on record being super against it. But now she's on the other foot. So a couple of points before I get <clears throat> angry, just to give some sort of balance. You hear them come out and talk about how it's, it's really for the IT sector and how the IT has been exploiting migrant labor, paying them 20 to 30% under the, the award. So effectively cheating out their employees of 30% of their, their wage. Now, I'll ask a question. Would you expect the IT sector to hire Australians and pay 30% more on their wage costs every year. No fucking chance. They'll mm. just move it offshore. So really, yeah. if they're really worried about those jobs, they're going to lose more jobs because there's no way in hell a business, any business in the world is going to go, oh, the government's changed the rules. Let's just pay 30% more. Yeah. There's no fucking way. They'll move it offshore. They will find a way. Like that's what businesses do, right? Then they talk about things like um, security sector. So people in the securities. So like security guards becoming like uh, obsolete because they'll pay migrant workers less well that should never have been in the skilled visa allowance like i'm not saying mm. that being a security guy is not a good job and not a hard job but it's definitely not a skilled v- like visa that was the whole point they brought this in to to take care of the skills shortage and then thirdly if you're going to take away the fucking visas give us back our funding for tafe don't talk about how you want Australians to do these jobs. Don't talk about how you want Australians to fill the void if you're going to take away the fucking TAFE funding and make it a privatized thing. Because that is what the 457s use. They go to the private sector. So the whole thing is a big fucking shambles. If, so this, if this is a live episode, everyone will be standing up applauding. <laughs> that, that's my fair 
point. That's my trying to give a balanced, you know, my take on. So uh, how far away from the unfair point? I'm really fucking angry. <laughs> like, I think it's real bullshit. I think that the whole thing is short-sighted. I don't want anyone to lose their jobs in, in the country. I really don't. I don't want to be a chef only looking through blinkers and saying, oh, this industry is going to suffer and you guys are fucked. You've ruined our industry when other people are losing their jobs. I understand that. If you're in IT, if you're in securities, in, there, there's thousands of jobs that are affected. But we have an industry which relies on four, five, sevens, and our industry is part of the communities. Now, I can tell you a hundred restaurants that are going to go out of business because they don't have skilled labor anymore. Thousands of chefs, front of house, sommeliers, waiters, kitchen hands, students. There's thousands of people this is going to affect within our, like, immediate immediate community. industry. And these are from multicultural restaurants that benefit from having people from the countries whose food they're representing at it's their restaurant. It's not even that. It's every single fucking restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Every single restaurant, no matter what cuisine it is, no matter what style of thing it is. Every single restaurant. I've got people on four, five, seven visas in my restaurants. From the from the country of fusion. Exactly. I don't want anyone to take this lighthearted. Like, I really... I genuinely am really Wrong passionate podcast, about buddy. this. <laughs> if we can organise things like Rootstock, if we can organise festivals in the Margaret River for food, if we can do all sorts of things like that, we need to stand up as a community in hospitality and fight this because it will really cripple our industry. There's no logic in Turnbull turning to us and saying we should be training young Australians <laughs> to fill these jobs. We want young Australians in the fucking job. Yeah. There's no young Australians that want exactly. this job. There's this, Yeah, exactly. There's almost like this, um, you know, the, the, like Australians don't, want to do the jobs that that people that are out here on these visas are happy to do why would i train someone for a year who's going to leave when i can train someone that's going to go into the industry why do you think we support visas for three four five years because there's no one else that wants to do the job Mm. we don't underpay them like they can take that same four or five visa and go somewhere else we're already over a barrel like we already pay what we have to pay like you know i'm not george columbaris i don't know how to not pay people but (laughs) You know, for the most part, 457s make the same wage as anyone else in the chef industry, in the hospitality industry, because otherwise they'll go somewhere else. But we need to strike, we need to rally, we need to do things. People like Pat Nurse, Miffy Rigby, Terry Durack, all the people that are in the outskirts and the media who rely on the food industry need to fucking write shit about this because it is a massive deal. Mm. I I would love to organize like just a lock-in, just shut on a Saturday night and get every restaurant just to shut and show everyone what it's going to be like. And I know that's going to cost heaps of money, Mm. but so is losing all our employers, uh, employees. Like, if we could shut down and just show people what it would be like without restaurants, perhaps they'd actually take some notice. It can't be that fucking hard to go 457 for a chef, allowed. 457 for a security guard, not not allowed. allowed. Exactly. Please, like, come on. How hard is that? Mm. It's bureaucracy. They fucking love that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Turnbull, a scummy little cucumber. (laughs) Scummy now. Um, It's like an old one now. So, what about people who are already out here on these visas? I don't know. Are they allowed to stay? I, I got. I read something that they're allowed to stay, but I'm not sure if that's permanent. Mac is not in his head, so that must mean it's right. It's also finite, though. They're not allowed to just constantly reapply for no, four five it. seven. Yeah. Well, and if they take it. away the four five seven, and then like the PR is not easy to come by either. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's major, major issues. That's permanent residency. Mm. Yes. Sorry. So you know, like, I mean, I've got guys who work for me who are trying to do. English tests cost them 300 bucks a, a pop and they've got to get a minimum of say eight points as an average for speaking, writing, reading, listening um, and 
you know, I would argue that most Australians would, struggle. you know, struggle to get mm. a, an average of eight, you know, writing a 200-word essay in 40 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that, like, it's so frustrating to see these guys who are so dedicated to what they do, who contribute to our economy, who, you know, Tourism. work so hard. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they want to stay here because they want to work. Um, but and, they, and they love the country. And they love the country, yeah. you, know? you know. Aren't these the people that all the rednecks want to be, like, immigrating to Australia? Like, I don't mind who comes to Australia because I think it's oh. fair play. But if you're one of those narrow-minded people, surely someone that's hardworking, dedicated, you know, honest... The, the traits you look for in in someone to join your country and you're not when they're stealing our jobs, Mike. <laughs> and are they though? Like, because all those guys can come work in my kitchen whenever they want, yeah. <laughs> but they won't do it. No. But they want to eat food. Like it, they want a burger at Macca's, yeah. And they want a Hungry Jacks. And they want KFC. And they want to go to Hoyts and get you know popcorn and choc tops. Well, that's all made on four seven four five seven visas. You know what I mean? So these are really good people that love the country and want to stay because it's. As Kylie said, it's fucking expensive. They pay thousands and thousands of dollars in school, yeah. in training, in visas, yeah. in, yeah. In, in fees, like just constantly. Then they pay tax, pay tax because they yeah. can't hide their wage. Like yeah. they're, they're on the books and they are 100% taxed. They commit to our society, they commit to our economic growth and they want to take that away. Like <laughs> stupid, such short-sighted politics. What do we do though? We strike Saturday. Everyone's shut. Saturday. Saturday. Let's put on a party. We'll all go somewhere. And no chefs, no front of house, and everyone can fend for themselves. It's just this ongoing, ridiculous battle where every every week the government announces something else something and else that, to that fuck like, everyone fucking, over. Exactly, but yeah. yeah, I think this is this is absolutely something that you know, like people are calling this the death of the hospitality industry in, in Australia. Mm. It's absolutely the death of it. Um, you know, it, is there something to be said that there maybe you know? Do you think with the right encouragement? Uh, more people who live in Australia already could take these jobs essentially, or, or just or the is jobs. Just so the far? jobs have always fucking been there. Yeah. there's, there's there. always been jobs in the hospitality. Mm. There's always been fucking jobs and in every industry, and there always will be. Exactly. Like we, we keep right opening, fu- we keep fucking opening <laughs> yeah. restaurants that people we don't have staff or fucking people to sit in. So the jobs are always going to be there. And these are yeah, from from like you know uh, low skilled kind of uh, you know kitchen hand kind of roles to. To, to head know, chefs, the best head, head chefs. chefs yeah. yeah, Kylie's Kylie's yeah. head chef. You know, like both of my head chefs. Yeah, they're both. You know, like settings, yeah. pretty much. Ben was came over to work. And ben Greener from the yeah. UK. Mm-hmm. So he, he would have been on a four five seven when he first got here, and same as Paul and both of our sous chefs are all mm-hmm. on four five sevens. Like pretty much, the whole of our kitchen would be. Almost on a four five seven. The whole, I'm pretty sure, the whole of Keys Kitchens on four five seven. Maryvale's run on four five seven. Like, are you guys listening to this? Are these the places you like going to? Like, this isn't a keep Sydney open kind of, you know, where people can find their own little way to to think it's a bad idea and not support it. This is like every restaurant you love going to, every bar. You know, this affects everybody. But watch the government spin it so it looks like they're... I mean, they already are. They're putting the positive spin like, no, this is we're doing this for Australians so Australians can have these jobs. And But Australians haven't been taking the jobs 
there's still jobs. Like even with four, five, seven visas, yeah. there's still not enough fucking staff. Everyone and I at this restaurant is hiring currently. Yeah. Yeah. I want an Australian is. An Australian yeah. is an immigrant, basically. Yeah. For sure. You I'm, know, I'm, I'm and like that's the thing, right? Yeah. You know, like I, uh, it just kills me. Like I think about, you know, how far my family's come. My parents came here who were sort of supported by the Australian government because back in the 70s there weren't enough tradespeople. Mm. So they encouraged and paid for immigrants to move out here um, and put them up. And ironically, my parents lived in Villawood for the first, you know, six weeks that they were here because that's where they housed all the immigrant workers um, while they got themselves settled. And now it's a detention centre for people who are trying to get out. But, you know, like I consider myself so lucky to be here and I consider myself to be Australian and had, you know, those opportunities not come up, you know, I wouldn't be as lucky. And then I, I look at the guys who are working for me who are struggling, who are like, trying to stay here trying to like make a better life trying to contribute and, to and, something and like that they love and care well. about and like i kind of think like i could so easily be in their position and you know what i mean like i'm just really lucky that that at that time like we were so welcoming and now we're just sort of pushing everyone we are, they're, they're, they're already reporting that this is the start of, of much harder immigration policies for Australia as a whole. And to what end? Like, for what purpose? Like, what is the actual end goal? Like, do you keeping, feel like Keeping baby boomers happy, bro. That's the yeah, end. but that's the stupidest thing. Like, we aren't... Like, we, Old we white have people. really low, like, unemployment rates at the moment. And it's basically mm. the people that don't want jobs. You know, like, there's jobs everywhere. Yeah. Like, I have no fear of getting a job and I'm not... You know, I'm not particularly special. You know, like no one is. I, I hire people constantly. People turn down jobs constantly. Yeah. You know, yeah. yep. we, we're not out of resources. We've got mm. plenty of resources. We're looking to move suburbs, cities, develop, grow. That's not going to happen through like babies. That's mm. 20 years away. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this is stupidest policy. Like why try to restrict it? It's just dumb. It's just really stupid. Like we don't have uh, like border problems there's not billions of people trying to get into this country you know and we don't have problems with the people that do come to this country they make our country so much better exactly and we always have benefited from it yeah it's such a narrow-minded stupid position to take it's such a like a a, you know from a food point of view like to be Australian is to embrace multiculturalism because we don't really have anything beyond that as like you know this you know Australian kind of idea of what cuisine is yeah our country is literally founded on exports. That's all we have is we export everything we make. So mm. we need people to make shit. You know what I mean? And that means we need population. And if everyone's living around the cities, you know, we need people out in the West. We need people out in the country. We need to grow things. We need to make things. Like we don't have technological advancements in this country. We don't have funded research. The government took that away. Mm. You know, all of our stuff comes from exports, whether it's sheep, cattle, everything. So we rely on other countries to buy from us. Yet we won't house people that want to come and work here. It's fucking stupid. Mm. Makes no sense. Well, now we won't even let them come work here. That's it's dumb. You know what I mean? I hope China just shuts the border and just goes, screw you. <laughs> yeah. how, you know many, what I mean? how many resumes do you think you would get from an Australian citizen? I haven't had one. Yeah, I don't. I get maybe in every 50. Like just resumes we're talking 50, about, right? People in, applying. In every 50 resumes I get, I maybe get 
two from Australians. They were talking about two born yeah. born here. Or like, not or, not or, a per, or, not a now permanent yeah, yeah. Not a now permanent resident. Yeah, permanent resident. I might that's get a, a, that's a, better, that's a less problematic term. It's the permanent yeah. residents of Australia. Yeah, but. I might get some from permanent residents who have just got their PR. Yeah. Like yeah. just now, you know what I mean? Who haven't seven. had it since they were <laughs> yeah. eight years old or whatever, yeah. you know? Like who came, just came off their three-year period or whatever the fuck it is that they have to be here first yeah. before they can okay, even well, apply. Okay, well, how about citizens know? then? Because, you know, you don't have to necessarily be <clears throat> born here to be a citizen. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, not. I mean, it's I not. Mean, it's, even yeah. either it's or, not right? Much. It's none. It's nothing. It's all people that want jobs. Uh, four, five, sevens. Citizens... Know? I love calling. We mean white people. <laughs> <laughs> Citizens don't want like you know they want these. They don't want to work in restaurants. They want to work in like creative agencies. If they, they, do, want, if they do, they no one it. wants to work at restaurants. Yeah, no one does. The people that want to work in a restaurant now just want to get on fucking TV and get a cookbook deal and then not work in restaurants anymore because that's the other problem that ties into and, it all. And that's not going to happen anymore if there's no four five sevens to no. run their restaurant. No. So all those Donna Hay and delicious people out there that rely on having. You know, a head chef at Beck and Call to do festivals and all that. Mm. They're not going to have the freedom to do that anymore. They're going to be working. So if you want to support that industry and you want to keep your, you know, your festivals and your chef appearances and all that stuff afloat, don't block 457. Yeah. I mean, it's already been done, right? Don't know. I don't know how politics works. Yeah, me neither. Because sometimes things go ahead, other things get blocked, other things have to go through. Go to a vote in yeah. the House and then the Senate and whatever. I, I don't understand. I don't want to understand it. No, I just want to stop too it. frustrating. Yeah. Mm. But, fuck, all but all everyone, like, crew media should be getting behind this. Everybody, all these fucking people. If you, you make know, a like, dollar off the industry, get you your ass in about gear it. and yeah. help us. Because you won't have one. You're not going to have Mitch there to come and do videos for you because he's going to be working. You know, like he will be like, and if that's yeah, restaurant survives, like they, everyone, everyone should be all the alcohol industry should be lobbying because yeah. we're going to shut and people aren't going to drink. So if you're Carlton United Breweries, if you're you know any of those companies, Diageo, fucking whoever, Bacardi, all these yeah. people that have paid us, people <laughs> that have power, people that have power because they have money that have lobbyists, yeah, should be blocking this. That was bad enough when they sat quietly when they kept like the lockouts. Mm. because that affected them in a huge way but it's going to affect more like the casino is not out of this they'll be fucking angry you don't think the casino yeah. has four five sevens Mate, they do same that's it all of them yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. not just one good restaurant yeah yeah you know yeah that all, sure. it, this affects this is this is huge get behind this get involved get loud because it's not going but away but I mean like okay alright so it's all very well and good to say get loud don't don't ignore this mm. what can our listeners do? What can, what can fucking you do? write letters, write do? letters to yeah. fucking. Have you Turnbulls. ever done that in your life? No, but <laughs> I haven't cared about anything enough Get to on do social it. Media. You know? yeah. Social no, media, social media. I mean, like, no, but it, write, make phone calls to Turnbull's fucking electoral mm. office. Write letters to Turnbull's yeah. electoral office. Whatever. The people will see them. Smarter people than us will start movements. <laughs> yeah. People that know how to affect change. Well, I think we that it's important for our industry to get educated about yeah. what, what we can do. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah. think that the, it's so easy to sort of read an article or see something and be like, like we all are, you, you know, like we've it. probably read maybe one or two things and overheard a couple of conversations. This fucking and this cucumber is, did this. Right. Um, <laughs> But, you know, to be honest, like, I'm really still unsure about what this actually means. So I think that it is really important for us to all start getting involved, like, getting educated about how this really affects us, what's going to happen. And then that way we can make a better 
you know, better choice of how we can so if stop anyone, it. So if anyone is listening that knows anything about this and can explain it to us more, get in contact with us. <laughs> put, it, put it this way, when, when the lockout started, right? No one really knew what to, to do about it. But Tyson, yeah, they, kept, Tyson, they kept fucking interviewing me, you know? Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. <laughs> You're no help for anything. Tyson just came makes on you the worse. Scene, yeah? Tyson came on the scene and, and started the movement. But the, and and uh, this is after three other movements had yep. started and he kind of saw what they were doing wrong and did something better better exactly so the point is there's people that will do it the right way keep your eyes open keep your ears open well obviously we'll, we'll, and, we'll, we'll continue this and story and fucking get behind them like don't wait two years don't wait 12 months yeah. the, mm. when it when the, when it starts when the, the right politician speaks up could be you know um, Clover Moore Clover. could be Penny Wong you know what I mean someone will say something someone will start something we, when I don't have the power to do that you know what I mean I have this as a medium at the mm. moment and an Instagram account and I'll use it you know what I mean and so will you guys but when the people that have the power and the people that do the right things try, don't let them get shouted down by fucking cucumbers in suits. You support them, back mm-hmm. them. Politics should be about the weight of numbers. Australia's forgotten that. The French don't. You know, they get out, they protest, they do whatever they want. Australia doesn't do that. Well, I mean, I know one really interesting thing that Tyson used to get criticized for was, you know, being so passionate about the lockout laws. Essentially, how it is just, you know, it's about alcohol, it's about life, there are more important things in the world to worry about but keep sydney open that movement you know it's it's a it's a gateway to that shows people the the, the how, how worthwhile protest mm. is as a platform yeah. yeah and i think you know if you if, if you've not been like passionate about protests in the past and but this thing is something that's going to affect you then this is definitely like you know it is good to 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 be angry about the things that, that affect you even though there are bigger issues in the world you know, you should let your voice be heard when it needs to be heard. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you don't, even if you're like, you know, fuck the hospitality industry, if this, this is just the beginning of a very fucking dark time of, if this gets pushed through and that this is like accepted as okay, what's the fucking next step they're going to take against immigration? Mm. immigration? I think if, if enough people go, get, go up against this and say that this is fucking shit and as Australians, it's, it's a dumb thing to support, then... Hopefully that gets kicked to the curb and then maybe they leave immigration alone for a little while. If we all get kicked out of our jobs, we're going to look for new jobs. Mm. So that's going to put pressure on everybody else. So we'll go be laborers, plumbers, electricians, you know what I mean? I'll go on the dole. Yeah, there you go. So all the guys that are dentists can pay for Mitch. You know what I mean? There's, it's going to be flow-on effects. You can't shut down the restaurant industry and not expect there to be a flow-on. So if you mm. don't think it affects you, we'll just wait. Because if you drive, drive home and you go past a restaurant, you, you know, you're going to go past how many? Mm. Well, they're all going to be gone. And there's lots of people working in those. There's not just restaurants. There's delivery drivers. Mm. There's farmers. Like Suppliers. The thing is a huge chain. Mm. You know, we're at the end of it. We make the money to pay for farmers. You know, mm. Vix, Havericks, Joto, you know, companies that import, uh, that, that provide food for the whole of Australia. You know, we're not going to buy from them anymore. And they buy from the farmers and they buy from the fishermen, you know, and they're all going to struggle. Like telling you it's going to happen if the alcohol companies get involved because they got power, they lobby, you know, and the farmers. So if the farmers are listening to the mission, I know they are. They love it out there. (laughs) (laughs) And the alcohol industry is listening. And anyone else that relies on restaurants and pubs and bars, you know, it's not just a chef and a waiter thing. Mm. Yeah, and if and if you're someone smarter than us, um, and you're probably not listening, I, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, 
you know, if, if, if you have the, 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 the means to, to put on something, some form of protest, uh, you know, be it, uh, you know, some content online or, or something, you know, big and public, everyone at this table would like to be involved and we're good people to get in touch with to get in touch with other people in the food industry who'd like to be involved too. Yeah. And I hope that everyone listening would, 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 would support this as well. It's a little bit like Earth Hour. If you can switch off your lights for an hour, it's going to cost money. Like if Acme shuts for two or three hours on a Saturday night, it's going to cost him money. It's going to cost Momofuku money, cost Pimbo money, but I'd do it. I'd do it if everyone did it because it would make a big statement because mm. that's how big this is, you know? Like no one really always wants to strike and lose money, but it would show the, the, the ramifications, you know? I'm going to write Clover a letter. And say, say hey, Clover. Please help us again. Please help us. Oh, Penny Wong. Sh- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. She's the best. I think she should be the prime minister. You you write the penny and I'll write the clothes. Or the president. I'm pretty sure the they're, they're already fighting this. I reckon. I would probably, I would probably yeah. imagine. But you know, let's write find. To the cunts let's too. find out what we can Carly, do. Carly and I will write to cunts. Yeah. You will write to the cucumbers. You write, you write to the. Uh, <laughs> well, whoever gets behind it's going to get a lot of support. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of people that realize how fucked this is. There'll be a small minority that are happy because their partner lost a job or they well, lost a job. So I, I just looked for as many articles on this announcement as I could and the only positive spin besides on from Turnbull himself comes from fucking Peter Dutton <laughs> so oh, he's not even human he's a potato he's yeah. a potato in the cucumber he's literally Mr. Potato Head without the pieces he's like the toy you left under your bed five years ago that's where he gets his opinions from um, so yeah I look. hopefully hopefully this gets overturned before the next episode but if it isn't overturned we'll keep uh, giving not, you updates yeah. on this Chef George Calambaris. Did I do that one right? No. <laughs> no Cal- Calamari. Calamari. Thank you so much. Uh, you may have seen him. He's, he's arguably the worst host of Master. Hey, hey, they're all shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but isn't he like, he's meant to be the worst as well. Or is Matt Preston meant to be the worst? I don't know. They all suck. You're I don't right. think any of them are meant to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the aim of the show for them to be shit. Oh, no, see, it's like opening up a tub of ice cream like near Poland. It's all strawberry. It's like all of them are the shit. They're equally as shit. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I just kind of have that carry on from uh, like Idol when like Dicko, he was the shit one. Like oh, you mean the arsehole one? The arsehole, one? yeah, yeah. Oh, they don't have enough personality to pull off those kind of roles. <laughs> they just say what they say. They eat something. They pretend it's They say cool, what the producers tell them to yeah. say. 
They're not. It has to be fresh. <laughs> That's my George George impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he used to be a really good chef. Actually, I used to love his restaurant. Mm. 10 years ago so tell me about the history of, 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 of him as a chef I don't know <laughs> but 10 years ago why'd you like him oh just an interesting take on Greek food it was press club press club yeah, yeah. it was it was good it was back when the, the Wiley DeFraces of the world and the Grand Akats were laying down some modern things and you know uh, simplifying what they did at El Bulli and people were following through and putting their own spin on it and George actually did a really good job of it and press club was a really good place because it had modern technique but it wasn't shit food which was you know it was like Bentley you know what I mean that was the Bentley of Melbourne, I would say. <clears throat> and that's when he was good. And then he went big in corporate. Right. So the press club is still around. Yeah. And the, Hel- the Hellenic. Hellenic Republic. Um, and then uh, he has like 50 a chain. other things, who knows. He has a bunch of stuff. Uh, and obviously he has, you know, big backers and business partners. But this week it was uh, announced that he uh, was underpaying his staff to the tune of $2.6 million which he is now going back and paying. But, um, and you know, some of his staff were owed like $100,000 in accrued overtime that they weren't paid properly. Um, and uh, apparently there, there are stories coming out that he was very aware of these problems. People have been talking about it for, for years. Staff had been, you know, like, um, protesting it. But it's only in the last week that he's really kind of, uh, that he's been forced to, you well, know. He lost, re- he lost the case, yeah. I think he didn't just volunteer. Like, I think it was a. No, I think whoever bought his group went back and went through everything. Because it was part of one of the HR systems. Is that right? Yeah. They went back through, and I, I mean, again, we skim articles and we don't really prepare for what we're going to talk about. But he, um, <laughs> yeah, like the accounting arm of the company, that the conglomerate that bought George's Empire went back through everything and then found more and more and more and more and more and got to this point is my understanding yeah and as you look into it more and more there are lots of shitty maneuvers that um you know big big restaurant companies do and like um signing people onto salaries immediately which takes away their penalty rates and he's he's been a very very outspoken person against penalty rates i know we kind of have kind of spoken for and against them in the past as well but there's some, some some shitty stuff on display and Mitch Mitch wanted to talk about it this week. No, I just wanted to bring it up because it's worth talking about. It's pretty big news when someone owes 2.6 mil in back pay to staff. But, you know, it's and it's surprising now because as we sort of discussed before we started recording, it's harder for big companies. It's harder for anyone to not pay people properly now. And the repercussions for not paying people properly are so severe that it's not worth even trying it you know so are there repercussions involved in this i'm not sure he's paying back but is he getting penalized i'm not sure the money that he owed but that's not a penalty yeah that's just back to equilibrium i know if you if you i'm pretty sure if someone goes to the ombudsman and they find you i'm pretty sure you get a fine or some shit well because if i was owed 100k and they they hadn't paid it to me for like I'd imagine that would be over a period of time yeah. quite a substantial you'd want interest you wouldn't have got ripped off 100k in one year no, no you no. want interest so you want yeah. so is it but would you have to take that to the civil court like Possibly. as a, for as a personal case mm. rather than him being fined mm. as a whole you know what I mean like he's well, yeah I think there should no. be three you should pay back the money then there should be lawsuits and then there should be penalties surely it should, that's, yeah. I mean and this is an admission of guilt so if you were going to have a civil case you basically got it. They've just accepted that they did the wrong thing. Mm. So, I mean, if you were missing $100,000 and put it in a bank, 
how much interest would you get for a couple of years? You know, yeah, so totally. you want that minimum, then mm. then it's the whatever they, the lawyers put on it as a spin. And he's come out and said that well, actually half of his staff were overpaid. So and 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 he's doing the very gracious thing of not asking them to be to pay back the money. money. Yeah. But then some staff have come back and said no, that was our overtime. Yeah. And, you know, to say that that was our overpay, overpay yeah. is fucking insulting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty surprising. And it's, you know, like the industry has always been one of those things where, you know, you trade off maybe getting paid as much as you think you should for the experience and stuff like that. But, you know, we all know labor costs are fucking high, but we all still pay award wages at a minimum. Yeah, you know, so and and there are some uh, some staff have, have have come out and said that they were you know being paid under award rate for mm. you know the, they their award rate didn't go up uh, over time things that are meant to happen automatically. Um, yeah, this is he also came out a couple of years ago in um, you know saying how shit penalty rates were um, in Australia, particularly saying that you know how hard it was to make um, money on Sundays, which you know yeah, you mean just to clarify, he's saying it's shit they have to pay them. Not mm. that they're shit. Not not. Oh yes, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but he he, which is like you know, <clears throat> admirable in a way, kind of because we as you know people who have run restaurants, we do, you know, we've 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 all kind of felt felt the, the the pinch on a Sunday. Yeah, it just goes into everything, you know. Like the longer you have staff working for you, the more you need to pay them, and the more they deserve to get paid. But at the same time, as anything, you can't put that extra money that goes out the door you can't put that onto your menu to cover your costs so your profit margins get slimmer and slimmer and slimmer all the time and that's what leads to people doing shit like this is to stay in business well with regards to penalty rates like i i'm personally for them even though i run the business Mm. which is stupid i know because it means we pay more but you are allowed to put like public holiday loading onto menus and stuff like that like it's not illegal um, they, yeah, they ch- they change it all the time. Like, I don't know if you can do Sunday ones anymore because you used to be able to put a Sunday surcharge mm. on. And I don't know if you can anymore. I honestly can't keep up with it. Like, they change it a lot. But from where I sit, and I always bring this up, as much as I would love to not pay people $40 an hour to be working on Easter Sunday, or if I can go to the post office on Sunday, yeah. then I don't want, I wouldn't pay, you know. If I could go to the bank on Sunday, then fine we won't do penalty rates if the politicians worked on saturday and sunday and they called the house of representatives and they all got out of their bed and they went in you know if they were able to do something on christmas day but if you're not going to do that and it's not going to be across the board and we're not going to have a seven day society Mm -hmm. then saturdays are sacred and if you want to go and have bacon and eggs you should be charged and we should be able to lay the excess on so if i have to pay people more on a sunday to work because no one else wants to that's fine but I should be able to pass it on to the customer. So that's my only grievance. I think penalties should be there because it's shit. So he said the exact opposite of that. Yeah, um, but he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, so <laughs> he's on MasterChef. And, and he doesn't he pay people. Said, so. He even said like the super insulting line of, uh, it's not like they went to university to, to be able to work on a Sunday. <laughs> but they actually are going to university. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 why they're, that's why they're working you know? on Sundays. If you want to take away penalties, then you might as well shut Saturday, Sunday, every restaurant. Yeah. Because why would you work Saturday and Sunday yeah. in a restaurant Unless you're earning that extra money. You know, that's how people get through. Yeah. George is a dick, you know. <laughs> and it's stupid too because I, so many of the people that run places were the ones that got 
penalty rates when they were coming through the ranks yeah. and it helped them buy their house or helped them pay for their restaurant that they open and then they open and they're like oh, I don't want to pay penalties it's well, like it goes around about it should be on the yeah. customer yeah, it should, it's, it's the it same as GST yeah. and penalty rates it should just be on the customer and if you don't want to pay it don't go out on Easter Sunday but if I have to open I should be able to put the prices up mm. well, we went to a cafe they charge 15% extra mm. you know it's yeah, a but lot the, th- but the, thing with, the thing with the surcharges though that the general public sees that surcharge as being a tip mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah that goes into the waiters pockets and it's not a supplement for the business to pay the waiters wage right so by putting a surcharge on the waiters get that tip but the business doesn't make any money from it and then it stops people from tipping on top as well which i which is shitty but for one day a week when they get 40 something dollars an hour to work i think they can live without a tip yeah 100 i know there's but that's what i'm saying like it doesn't help the business like that surcharge doesn't help the business cover the gaps it it should go pretty close like if you like we opened Sunday and we put 10% on everything and at the end of the day we made an extra 500 bucks or whatever it was from the surcharge well that covered the double wages we had to pay for the, the two. Mm. so for me that's you know it's all it, as long as you don't lose money it's up to you if you open or not are you saying Mitch though that that, that- surcharge goes as a service fee yeah no but that's no. not what the point is like that the whole point of that but a lot of wait staff see that as the point yeah, but and they kick up a that's, thing. that's not what it is yeah. you don't put it on like that you put it on as a 10% surcharge, surcharge. not as a service, service fee, fee. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we did get less tips though yeah. which is fine but as I said when you make the people 40%. did that a 6 hour shift got nearly 50 yeah, dollars yeah. an hour they weren't that disappointed that's, that's, and that's just the customers going like oh well I'm already paying an extra 10% on top of this so yeah. like you know that's the tip you know yeah, and yeah. that's exactly. like I think that's just like you know that's in their head exactly it's not I don't I always tip on top of yeah, a public you're an, and an, you're an, an, you're an nice angel if people did, but well, no it's understand. because I'm in the industry and I understand yeah, yeah. you know you can understand when they don't yeah but it's one day as long as they tip every other day it's fine which they don't which they don't uh, so since uh, George was forced to uh, pay all the money he owed, forced, fuck, since he rightly paid all the money he owed and hopefully will continue to pay money to other people, um, Adrian Richardson from La Luna Bistro in Carlton North uh, from Good Chef, Bad Chef, which is a show apparently. What the fuck's that show about? Uh, they have someone do healthy food and then Adrian does things with beef fat and pork fat and talks it up like it's, I don't know, it's pretty, pretty ordinary. It's not every day. Um, so he, he, he's paid uh, a bunch of money to um, some of his dis- disgruntled staff after failing to pay their penalty rates. And um, also Ronnie DiStazio from uh, Cafe DiStazio in uh, St. Kilda has been forced to pay $35,000 to six foreign workers who definitely were on 457 visas. Mm. Callback. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if like this happens all the time and it's just been made into a story now for clicks and stuff or if it's a rare case or sounds, we've had, we've sounds, people, like, we've sounds like a precedent and we've had people write yeah. in in the past write into the Mitch and saying that they, they, they're still owed for overtime you know they, they realised they were being underpaid yeah. and then the, oh, really? the restaurant folded and then that was that they don't that's get their it. money well that's mm. it if the restaurant folds mm. yeah because they declare they go bankrupt yeah which is it yeah, which is you're fucked and, but then they, then they open another restaurant you know, yeah, yeah well, and, and, and all the press are like hey this guy's opening a new restaurant yeah. And then the poor staff are like, fuck you. Yeah. I still never understand how suppliers ever use them. Yeah, me either. And pretend to be, and like act like they're still friends. Yeah, I would just blacklist them. Anyway, let's finish on a positive note. On a positive note, our bougie friend, Kylie Javier, um, went on a holiday recently. Where'd you go? I went to the States, Cuba and Barbados. 
Um, and uh, this, the, the, the last of those places is where head chef of Momofuku Siebo, uh, Paul Carmichael, is from. I am now an adopted sister of Paul Carmichael. <laughs> uh, so Paul, Paul has been on the podcast in the past. He is a uh, extremely like lovely, incredible good chef. Who, the best uh, human. The best human. The best human. He's one of the best. Yeah. Um, he's, he's okay. How do his family rate support? <laughs> They're awesome. Honestly, like it was definitely a highlight of our trip. Um, I think that I got Paul a lot more being with his family. <laughs> was he with you at the time? No. No, wow. No, he was here so and he was, I was there. And Did you suggest that he go, that you go visit his family or did he insist? I was like, so we're going to be going to the Caribbean because we're <laughs> Like, we were always planning to go to Cuba. And I was like, can I go to Barbados? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you think I could go hang with your fam? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of course you could. Like, that that's not even a question. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, like, being me, we planned, you know, every detail. Of, oh, well, you know, like, we, we planned everything out. But pretty much Barbados, like, we were just like, yep, booked our ticket. That's it. Like. They'll come and pick us up. There was no Barbados Excel document. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. um, do you do that for holidays? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we got there and his parents are like at the airport holding a sign for us. Oh, man. And picked us up and they're amazing. Like pretty much from the first day we were like, so we're just going to call you mum and dad. Is that cool? No. And they're like, yep. Yeah. And his mum was like, I'm I'm adopting you. <laughs> I love you both. Um, and I was like, yeah, we're we're totally cool with that. And she pretty much just crushed us with food for three or four days that we were there, and it was the best thing ever. It looks like, so fucking good. Man. Yeah, oh, it was pretty much seriously like hating you while all you're things that we have on the menu at the restaurant that you know relate to Barbados. She cooked for us. Yeah, like, so you, you said it, you know, you now get poor Carmichael a lot more after meeting his family. Yeah. But what about his menu? Like, what? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know. I think that, like, Barbados is is very easily easy for me to relate to because all of the tropical ingredients. So it kind of, like, there are a lot of dishes that reminded me of Filipino things and, you know, things that, like, things like cassava and, like, all the root vegetables like I'd had before so it wasn't like too weird but I don't know I think that it's also that sense of hospitality and like that feeling of being so welcome I don't know like that really blew me away and um it's something that I really took away and I think that you know like I kind of want to bring that to the restaurant you know like I want people to come in and feel like they came home it doesn't and it doesn't matter that they don't know us or they don't you know we're like these strangers but when you come into the restaurant you're at home like you've come home and I think like that in that sense I really get Paul because he's so open and welcome and like yeah his parents were the best like you know when we left I was really sort of sad and I, I like I said to Luke my husband I was like I really miss them. Like, you know, when we were like flying off, I was like, I'm I'm really quite sad. And his mum like was quite teary. Paul was pissed off because he was like, my mum never gets teary when I leave. I was like, Paul, yes, son. Paul said at the barbecue last week that his mum hasn't 
messaged or caught him in something like a year, but after Kylie left, she messaged Paul to ask about Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Paul's like, yeah, I'm fine, mum. <laughs> yeah, the food there is like, is awesome. I mean, you know, like I guess like we were spoiled in that you can't just go there and get that experience. Mm, yeah, And sure. a lot of it's like super touristy, but yeah, it's just like so fun. Fuck, their, their family's awesome. Did you eat anything that you are now insisting Paul puts on the menu at Momo? Or? Yeah, bakes. So there's these like cassava bakes that mum cooked us for breakfast and it's like, they're kind of like pancakes, but because they're made with cassava and they're fried, they're kind of like chewy and like a little bit sweet and she served it with fried salted cod so it's like oh, salty god damn. sweet chewy oh my god it was the best thing bar menu bar ever, menu, ever, bar ever. menu. <laughs> but yeah and I said to Paul I was like because I showed I, I sent Paul a photo of his mum cooking his breakfast and he was like she's making bakes like I didn't say what he was, she was making nothing but he knew from like Mum's stance over the stove, <laughs> what she was doing. Amazing. Uh, then I sent him a photo of it and I was like, you need to show me how to make this. Uh, show me how to, yeah, make this. Because yeah. I was like, I want to make them for breakfast. And like pretty much I'm like, yeah, so you're still going to show me how to make the bakes. He's like, are you still going about that? <laughs> We've got a version of bakes, which is like a fried bread. It doesn't necessarily have to have the cassava on the menu, on the tasting menu, um, which are awesome. But the cassava bakes are like, the best and I found this feed on uh, I don't know what it was it was like 21 Bayesian foods you gotta try and we pretty much had every single one of them I was like yes that's unreal and so all good. cooked by his mum yeah pretty much like there was one night we went out uh, for dinner and Bridgetown which is the main town in Barbados is like pretty empty during the week at night we were like oh we'll just go out for dinner we're like oh there's, there's no one here <laughs> like what do we do we caught a bus home um and that was like pretty much the only day that we ate outside. We also had cutters, which are like a, a sandwich. So it's called salt bread. And basically it's not, it's not called salt bread because it's salty, but most of the bread in Barbados is sweet. So it's a savory bread, which is why it's called a salt bread. So it's like a bread roll and then it's got just filling. Normally it's fried flying fish. So we went to this beach and had cutters on the beach and that was awesome. Real. It was so good. Yeah, but she just cooked for us the whole time. And then on the last day, like the day before it was our last day, she'd spoken to Paul and he was like, oh, can you make sure they try a couple of these things? Like they're on the restaurant menu. So she like pretty much cooked us. We had like three dinners that night because she was like, oh, oh, this is one thing that Paul wanted you to try. So this is your first course. And I'm like... It's a whole plate of food. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't an entree even. Like it's not even an appetizer. Like it's a whole plate of food, you know? And it was like this thing called um oh shit, what's it called? It was kind of like grits. It's called Poon? No, no. <laughs> Something else. What is it called? I forget. Mama, you're getting your terminology I'm mixed so up again. Now. I need to go back. Um, but it was like it was like grits. It was like um, corn, like corn and okra. Fuck, what's it called? It's okay. Ah, you can ask Paul. You can let us shit. know. We'll, we'll let everyone know next week. So good, but it was like a whole plate of that. And then we had dinner with them, and then we had like 
something else. Fuck. And if have you have you guys had the coconut turnover mm-hmm. at the bar? Mm-hmm. So there's an actual coconut turnover that you can buy from the bakery, and yeah. I hadn't had one yet. So it's like basically like a small loaf of hectic. bread yeah. <laughs> with like roasted coconut and spices in it. And so I said to her, I was like, oh yeah. I want to try a turnover. She's like, oh, how many do you want me to get? And I was like, oh, like two, one for Luke, one for me. And she got a six. <laughs> so on the plane home, like all we ate were coconut turnovers. That's unreal. Who, who's better, Paul or mum? Ooh. <laughs> Paul's never going to listen to this. I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Mum. Mum. <laughs> um, if you want to hear um, more about Caribbean food, you should definitely go back and listen to an episode we recorded with Julianaire. Um, the uh, one of the guys from Major Laser, um, uh, he he uh, we he came on that episode with, with Clayton like a year and a half ago, yeah. and told us like just yeah that was the first time I ever heard found out about like doubles and bakes and mm. all that stuff. Yeah, we should when he comes out again, we'll him get him, him and Paul, Paul together, together for yeah. a, like a, and just make us super jealous of the Caribbean. No, I'll make him cook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be so it'll be such a funny episode too. The two of them together. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you guys eaten anywhere good in the, in the last week? In Sydney or elsewhere? Any good meals? Mama and I both ate separately at Bad Hombres on Good Friday. Mm. Not your mum. You call Kylie mama. Kylie's mama. A reason that's never been explained. (laughs) 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 It's just just what it is. (laughs) Bad Hombres is uh, a new venture started by uh, one of the partners in it is someone that's been on the podcast a couple of times, Toby Wilson, who used to be uh, behind Ghost Boy Cantina. Mm. He's now cooking at Bad Hombres. Yeah. And it's like what it's like a wine bar that does that does like vaguely Mexican food. Yeah, pretty much. Like is, pr- it, is it just a pop proudly up? Proudly vaguely it's a pop up, right? I think they're going to be there for a little while. They're there till the building gets yeah, knocked down. Yeah, there's right. a knockdown clause, but it's been um, it's been denied a few times, so they're just going to roll with it. And, sh- and Sean McManus from Neighborhood Coffee, cool. He's a legend as well. Good, some good dishes. Yeah, yeah it's tasty. tasty, tasty, and really fun. Sean's like a real big personality on the floor, so it's pretty fun. Unreal. Yeah, it's good. I have a question, Lebs. Yeah, what's, what's in that plastic bag behind oh, you? God. So, so, all right, so I've I've eaten some very good meals in the last. I went to Six Penny for my anniversary wedding anniversary on Thursday last week, and uh, I've never been before, and so I had a great, incredible meal there. And um, I went to LP's Quality Meats last week, last night with um. I have two. Two friends uh, from my, my family, friends that live in North Carolina, and uh, Tom is a like you know sixty something year old Kansas City barbecue official judge. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that course that yeah. I did last year? I was there. Yeah. I, I told him how bored I was by it, and he was offended. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I took him to LPs because you know I can't really think of anywhere else that does smoked meat as good as LPs. Mm-hmm. Um, LPs was fucking phenomenal. Um, it gets better every time I go there. I just watched Shaz in action the entire time. He's a machine, a weapon. Um, and uh, he just cuts the fuck out of. He has such a good. His form is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Shaz cares about yeah. too. He'll be so happy when he hears this because he like he practices in the mirror. And <laughs> That's why he wears like the white shoes. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's about a showman. the appearance. He's, yeah, he's a showman. showman. He's he's amazing, but like we would like I just my 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 vision was just dead on looking at him from where I was sitting, and I just like just his knife work. And he just, you know, I don't know, like, like his butcher <laughs> skills. I was, I was impressed as hell. It was like, it was a. It would be so <laughs> glowing right now. It's like a peacock. It'll be strutting around LPs listening to this. They uh, and they smashed us with food too. But because of that, 
my new rule now as as <laughs> this fucking Levens is trying to be healthy updates on the mention uh, I, I, I have lost five kilos in less than a month which is fucking awesome Ooh, but congrats. because of that I don't want to fully give up going out to restaurants every now and then so I'm drinking green smoothies for lunches at the moment right so, you know, so at the moment I'm drinking yeah the, the thing in the bag that Mitch is referring <laughs> to is a uh, obnoxiously green uh, <laughs> mostly spinach a little bit of frozen mango a frozen banana are you making that yourself yeah, yeah yeah do you buy yourself a Nutribullet or I just, I don't know, we've had a uh, uh, what's the more expensive one than Nutribullet? I don't know. It's my Vitamix. Vita Prep. Uh, no, the more expensive one than that. Hey. <laughs> um, maybe it's a Vitamix. I don't know. I, don't I know it costs me fucking heaps, and I'd be, my wife had to justify it, but we use it. Uh, my my sister is a uh, a proud vegan cook, and uh, so, so this kind of stuff is not too foreign for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm finally drinking stuff with fucking protein powders in it, which is something I never <laughs> thought I would do. But it's like a natural, like no, everyone just tuned out anyway. <laughs> um, so mama, um, before we do our sign offs, I want you to think about something because we've been ending every episode since we came back um, with our guest uh, being forced to choose a song for us to end the episode oh, on. Shit. It was Mitch's idea, so you can hate him for it. So First you got- of all, cuckoo is the dish. Cuckoo. cuckoo, you it's just did some googling poon. <laughs> no, there's a thing called cassava poon. Cassava poon, which is like a cake. Right. But uh, it's, yeah, cuckoo, which is like made from cornmeal and okra. Ah, shit, a song. Damn. It's all right, you get a while um, because I'm going to do our social stuff. You can find The Mission online, facebook.com slash The Mission and uh, definitely get in touch with us. If, if you uh, are smart. If you are smart and want to, um, if you have any ideas that we could potentially pursue in terms of uh, shutting down this, this uh, v- 457 visa shutdown, um, you can also email us, themissionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're on, we're on, uh, on, on Instagram now too. Hmm. Um, and, at uh, The Mission. That's right. At The Mission. Um, you can find Mitch... Insta- at Instacrill on, uh, on, on Instagram I'm Matt Levdog L-E-V-D-A-W-G Mike is at Pinbone and are you still Kylie Javier? Kylie Javier Ashton Oh you got, you, you got the, whole, the full name in there uh, Yeah on Insta Yeah, yeah. sick Twitter. And definitely go there go check out those uh, Barbados holiday pics Yeah that's yes. sick And check out the Batute Advocates take on 457 they got Pauline Hansen saying that 457 visas is not nearly <laughs> enough to cancel <laughs> which was so good <laughs> we could do an episode with the uh, Batuta should, guys yeah, in, the, in the future actually yeah. that'd be a good idea um, if you don't like that page already it's a, it's a pretty great uh, news parody page Batuta Advocate look it up you probably already follow it you probably see it in your feed all the time and, and old relatives occasionally getting tricked into thinking it's real news anyway Kylie what is the song that we're going to uh, I'm going to choose I Have the Tiger <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised it took this long yeah. uh, because I'm fighting in two weeks so if you want to watch some bad bitch is boxing really <laughs> i am boxing in two weeks you're gonna facebook live it where uh, at? i don't know uh it's for a women's film festival oh yeah yeah so How long you been details where can we buy tickets about two years hey where can we buy tickets uh you can buy killer. tickets at for film's sake i think is i don't know what the website is I'm not sure. Great. Great. <laughs> thanks, Mama. Thanks, thanks a lot. Helpful. Put Super a helpful. Put a link in your bio. Well, I'll put him. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Link in bio. TCCs to follow. All right. I love that this has gone from you only wanted this segment, Mitch, so we could talk about rap every now and then. No. And now, no, no. That's how you pitched I it to me. Yeah, that's how I pitched it to you. <laughs> oh, my song was kind of hip hop. And now it's yeah. I love it. It's great. So uh, thank you so much for listening to Mitch. We'll see you next week. And. Uh, like we say every every week at the Mitchin, 
It's the eye of the tiger. It's the something. The thrill, thrill, of the thrill of the fight. Thrill of the fight. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks so much, Kylie. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Levens. See you next week. Bye, Mitch. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.